You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to AV Underground, the show where we talk about what it's like getting started as a content creator. Uh, I am Josh Needham. I'm here today with MJ Watson, as always. And sitting off to the side is our guest for today, Scott. I still can't remember how to pronounce your last name. Papa Umama. Now, Plaskanka. Papa Umama. Is that you Samoan? Like, what I miss here? <laughs> so we're going to dive into an interview with him in a little while. But to start things off today, I actually wanted to bring up something with you, Watson, about something that I've realized this last week. So on, I think it was Monday, I've been doing a lot of thinking lately about, I sit a lot at my job. I sit for almost eight and a half hours a day, four days a week. And then I come home and I'm working on editing projects or I'm working on like playing games to review or whatever it is that I'm doing podcasting. I'm sitting. And I'm like, this is, there's no way in <laughs> God's green earth that this is good for me. <laughs> no. So I, that's part of why I just got a Fitbit knockoff to try and help track what I'm currently doing and then work on improvements from there. But so I got home and I was in super like, especially because God of War just came out. I was like, all right, I need to get my ass in shape. (laughs) And I used to lift a lot like I I was addicted, needless to say. And then I busted my shoulder. So like I separated my shoulder. I was in a sling for like a month. And so I couldn't do anything and I fell out of it. And boy, let me tell you, once you fall out. (laughs) It bottoms out. It's really hard to get back in. Like starting is the hardest part, I think, with anything that you're doing, whether it's content creation or whether it's, you know, working out, building habits, whatever it is. And the thing that I thought was both interesting and unfair was (laughs) I pushed myself way too hard that day. Okay, so I'm a lot more overweight than I should be. And I push myself really hard because the way my family is just predisposed, like we can pack on fat or muscle like it's nobody's business. Yeah, but you have to be trying for muscle and you have to just like sit around and through osmosis i guess we absorb calories i don't even know i mean like look at a donut and gain five pounds it's ridiculous but so i i pushed myself a lot harder than i should have i did a lot more than i should have and i didn't have anything afterwards like to replenish everything that i had burnt through so like all i had really was water so i did like lemon water because we have lemon juice but so i was doing that but i everything hurt okay which is great sometimes not to the level that i had pushed it i didn't necessarily injure myself but i was like nauseous dizzy sore everywhere like it was not a good time and i was thinking about the fact marathon yeah right and i was thinking about the fact that if you push your body to too much of an extent like you're either gonna die (laughs) i've known the people that are like getting grim today (laughs) oh yeah i know the people that i've it was a friend of a friend i think or a friend of family or someone that was really overweight got really inspired to get in shape got on a treadmill and ran himself into a heart attack (laughs) because he was not meant to push himself that hard right off the bat. So I try to be careful with like overdoing the cardio and like trying to pay attention to what's going on. Yeah, please. I need my producer. I can't Um, lose you. (laughs) (laughs) So, but that, you know, your body tells you when you've pushed it too far. And in all the time that I've been doing content creation with YouTube and Twitch and everything else, the podcasts, your mind doesn't necessarily have the right blocks in place to let you know that you've overworked it. I find that when I push myself to such an extreme, I get into, and this is a subject we'll talk about a lot more in depth next week on our next episode with flow states. But I push myself to a point where I'm at a very high productivity that no one should be at. And sometimes you're in that zone where you're like, okay, this is fine. I can be super productive. This is where I But then as soon as you drop down from that, you're like, What's wrong with me? I need to be back living at that that point. Yeah. And I find that the more overwork, uh, the more work I put on myself and the more work that I do, my brain doesn't go, okay, this feels good. You've done enough for today. 
if you do any more, I'm going to be angry with you. It's it, it mostly just feeds into the back of my mind of like, you're not doing enough. Do it harder. Do it mm-hmm. better. Which is very counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 the imaginary pressures that we yeah. always bring up before. So I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up that uh, I find it strange that it, that your body will tell you when you've had enough, but your brain just kind of is like, no, give me more, please. And like, but like, it's I feel it's especially important with content creation because like, it's not the same thing as like overworking your body, but like when you when you're working on something for so like I especially find this with like video editors. You really hear this with like when they're they're strictly just video editors that like they'll get in so into it that eventually they'll just be staring at a screen for so long that it's like, I just need to get away from this screen. And it's, it's just because of the things like, not only does it affect you in the sense that it can tire you out, it can, it can tire your body out. It can tire your mind out for me is like some for personally, like I suffer from anxiety. Like whenever I get like that, it becomes a thing. Like I'm not doing enough. And like my anxiety starts to work up, but with like just some, well, it ends up always happening with something when you push your mind to that point is whether you realize it or not, your your content's getting worse or like your your job is getting worse. It's going to show. Basically. Exactly. It's going to show. Someone is going to be able to pick it out like like with video editors. Like we talk with our friend Kevin, Kevin McMillan all the time. He was a video editor. He always tells me that like whenever I was tired or whenever I was stressed out about fit, getting a dead, job done or deadline, the next day I'd put it in. That person would always be like, oh, you were up late or oh, some, I can see here that there was a mistake here. You were up. You must have been tired or something like that. And it's like it's one of those things that you like we say we put so many pressures on ourselves and it all comes from the mind but you have to you have to know when you get to that point because you, when you get to that point your content is getting worse whether or not you admit it or not in some way shape or form it's getting worse because you're not you're you're drained you're burned out and you're you can't give it your 100% all and like that's usually what ends up happening is like that's why it's such a weird thing cuz like you said your body can be telling you one thing and your mind is usually telling you another and your mind's always stronger and like, even, yeah, even it's if- easy to continue to think that you need to push yourself harder. What's hard for a lot of people. And because of, like I said, when I injured my shoulder and I was out of it for a month, I fell completely out of exercising, lifting everything. And once you fall out, it's really hard to get back into it. So a lot of people are afraid, like if I take a break, I'm not going to get back into it. Yeah. If I stop, it's, it's not going to start again. And, you know, like with exercise and weightlifting, there's a certain point. If you're someone that's getting into it for like for bulking up bodybuilding, you don't generally, to my knowledge, you don't lift on a daily basis. You're like every couple of days you're tearing it apart and then you rest and let your body rebuild so that you can actually bulk on mass. And I don't know if that's, I don't know if you have anything to say to add to that, Scott. Um, cause you look like you probably hit the gym a lot more than I do. <laughs> yeah, certainly more so, than I do. So, <laughs> so I mean, I'm, pre- I'm preparing myself for boot camp, which comes next month. It's a lot quicker than I thought it would come, but <laughs> Ooh, man. Yeah. So I mean, I've kind of been conditioned by my recruiter to kind of push past all of that. And I mentally, I can tell you, like, I do not like my mind's like, keep going, because that's what I've been conditioned to do. My recruiters, he'll, he'll push us to keep going. And my mind's like, you can do better. You, you got to keep moving. You're going to die in boot camp. <laughs> that's <laughs> but, fair. But my body's on this podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> but my body's like, you feel like a slug. You, you it's like you just ate 10 pounds of peanut butter. You need to stop. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, and I think there's a certain point, too, that you find a balance with it, especially in content creation where, you know, sometimes you have to push yourself a little bit beyond your comfort zone. 
but realizing starting to realize yourself and the point where okay i know that for me i've pushed it too fucking far now i need to stop and take a break and step away from it and we get in we'll get into that again with uh with flow states because that's a big part of it is driving yourself nearly insane with what you're trying to work on and then completely stopping and doing something entirely different so that it moves that from like conscious processing to subconscious processing yeah. which is in the same manner as if i were to sit here and do dumbbell curls 24 hours a day I'm not giving my body a chance to like stop, fix itself and, you know, adapt. Yeah. So there's always like, there's a balance between it. And like my, like, it's just the thing. Like when your mind gets to that point, like it, it's different for everyone. For me, it's always just been like, just walk away. I know that's cause it sounds so counterintuitive. Like you're working so hard on something you need to get it done. Why would I want to walk away from it? But that's exact. I can't tell you how many times like I've been working on something and walked away from it for 15 minutes. And then all of a sudden it just, you, you have that yep. Eureka moment where you're like, God you know, damn it. And then you jump right back into it. And I have a, a coffee mug that is the, it's outer lining is cork yeah so i could like draw on it with a marker i could do it with anything but like the cork works really well for drawing things and it stays and so i was started writing all over it and one of the biggest things that i found on inspiration boards and whatnot that it's a quote that stuck with me so much i put it on the coffee cup was the hardest decision you'll ever make in life is whether to walk away or try harder because you always you get to that point of breaking and you're like i don't know if i should walk away or if i should keep yeah. going it's it's and it's it's a weird thing that it ties into so many other different things i talked about this with a few people about um <laughs> seeing as we're on the subject of death like people <laughs> stay that are, on it my favorite people that are doing cpr kind of a thing it's always like people just have in their mind like it's the next compression that would have saved him yeah or like people that are on life support and they're like okay they've been on life support for like two years they're not showing any improvement do we make the decision to pull the plug and you always feel like as soon as you make that decision to step away or to, to pull the plug on it, the chance that to fix it's gone. The, yeah, that, you know, an extra two minutes would have made all the difference. And sometimes it's really hard to get past. You have to kind of find where your breaking point is. And then where is it logical that, okay, beating my head against this anymore isn't going to work. I'm not saying pull your relatives off life support. That's not what we're getting <laughs> into. Like, don't, please don't listen to this Time's podcast. Time's up, grandma. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> grandma, it's been nice, but I listened to this podcast earlier that told me. The electric bill is way too high. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> we got grandma. I got to decide whether to keep going or to walk away, grandma. And the electric bill has come. Grandma plugged into a power strip because right? the Xbox needed a wall outlet. We had to get an external generator. Come on. Oh, but in all seriousness, though, like finding it, realizing when you've hit a point where it's, it's kind of a dead subject. And now you've got to step away and let that either work itself out or not. I've, I've, I've been having this thought recently with this podcast that we should do uh, the like the Ten Commandments of content creation for AV Underground once we Ooh. and also once we've I, got more like but, experience. Under yeah. The now I'm thinking we should do a list of the imaginary pressures that we've discovered because I feel like ever since we did that episode on imaginary pressures, every episode we've we're finding a new one that like because like you said, like what you said is so true that like those two minutes after you make that decision are always the the guilt filled things like what if I did something differently? But like. I un, like I get it. It's not a terrible thought to have because it shows that you have the mindset like yes, you want to keep improving. But however, it's that whole thing of it's an imaginary pressure. You're putting more pressure on yourself because it's in your own head. It's in your own imagination, and it's one of those things. Like it's one of those things that you. It's probably the hardest of the imaginary pressures because 
it's your mind is telling you you need to keep going with something and you're you have to fight your own mind to be like no that's not it's not what i need right now and it's just i don't know i feel like it's every time we do an episode i just feel like we come up with a new imaginary pressure i definitely think we should compile them into a list and yeah. like make our the the list of imaginary pressures of new creators yeah and like, cause that could be a great thing. There was a video that I watched a while ago. It was titled how to be miserable. <laughs> and what I found about Step it is one, I've, born watched, in New England. I've watched a hundred videos or more of how to be productive and how to be a content creator. This one video changed so much more for me <laughs> because it was top 10 things to do to be miserable. And it was things like, make sure you stay indoors. Don't get out in the sunlight because vitamin D is going to do terrible things and make you happy. Uh, don't get exercise. Make sure you move as little as possible. If at all possible, make sure that your refrigerator is next to your bed and your TV is right there. <laughs> And it was so sarcastically backwards about how to be miserable that it really made me realize, okay, well, wow, this it, being happy is actually not that difficult of a thing to do. I mean, obviously there's certain like mental conditions and yeah. whatnot that everyone has, their own, that. everyone's living their own We're life. talking on a general human basis. Yeah. If, if you're of healthy mind, I suppose that is simple things that you can do that really make the difference. And I think that a lot of people could get that out of a, a, list of the mental pressures you put on your imaginary pressures of new creators. Yeah. Cause then you're looking at it and you're, you can look at the list and be like, I experienced this. Yeah. Okay. So it's not just me going crazy out of my mind and feeling like I need to kill myself to bake it anywhere. Yeah. You know, it's not just me feeling like it's too much to ask of one person to manage everything. Like, no, I feel like honestly, like I was just an idea of like, I've been thinking, I was like, cause ever since we did that episode, it's just a matter of, we always, there's always a new one. Like you, it's one of those. It's like it's it's funny because like I like you said. I thought I was having these experiences, like some of these experiences were just me, like just sitting alone at night, being like I've been working on this for hours and I've gotten nowhere. And, and you my feel like but you, you feel stop, like eventually I'll make it to a point where these pressures don't exist anymore. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, once we, I want to try and get people like um, like Rob Dyke, who's local to us, to come in, and I want to, I really want to pick his brain. I on, do. Hey, what are the pressures that you currently have? Like. What are you currently dealing with compared to when you started? Because the pressure, to, as far as I know, from people that I've talked to, the pressures don't stop. They change a little bit, but they don't ever really stop. You still have things that you're concerned about and worried about. You still want to push yourself to make better content, to make more, you know, be more consistent, do more yeah. of what you're doing. And there's a lot of pressure there. And I think some people have found ways of realizing, like I said, their limit where, okay, I've gotten to this point. I pushing myself beyond this is no longer effective. It's just hurting me. So this is the point where I've realized I need to stop, step back, and just this is the level I can work at comfortably and keep going. So that's that's my my morning thoughts for <laughs> for everyone listening to AV Underground. Our, our lovely... Is, are we going to come up with a name for our, uh, like, the listeners of AV Underground? Like, you know, like people, like, they have... Like, I like to think we, we let the community decide... If, if I come uh, up with a good one, I'm telling they, it though. I'm letting you know. Yeah, right if, you, now. if you come up with a good one, let's let's do it. <laughs> I mean, that's all but, I've been um, racking my brain with. Not ways to improve the podcast. What am I going to call our <laughs> listeners? <laughs> that's actually another great subject. Is a lot of uh, a lot of people concern themselves with the wrong things at the yeah. wrong point in their career of starting up. Absolutely, like branding is definitely important. You know, like, but I feel like starting with Yeah, dude, I put way too much focus on making sure that we had a logo and a catchphrase and like all these other different types of brand things to establish ourselves that we didn't necessarily need at the time, you know, start going and you can change from there. Even people like uh, Matty Hapoya who does travel feels yeah. changed his channel name recently from travel feels to Matty Hapoya. 
Um, Jake Baldino works at Game Ranks. He had his personal YouTube channel, which was because video games, he just changed it to his name. And I think that's also a lot of people nowadays. Branding is important, but it's kind of like I am the brand. Yeah. So it becomes a lot more personal that way, too, which is a lot of how that's exactly what I'm building. Viewers are interacting more with creators. So, I mean, when the first time the first time we had we talked about my podcast at at the Mount when we like, but this was months ago. I remember I remember the only thought I had in my mind with my podcast was I have the name down, never made varsity. And I know what I want to use for entrance music. (laughs) And I remember I showed that to you. And I remember just you telling me being like, yeah, this is all well and good. But uh why don't you just record the podcast? And I was like, yep. yeah, yeah, you're probably right on that. I What's probably- <laughs> insane is that I find that I can be really good at giving advice to people and motivating people, but yeah. I'm really shite at doing that for myself. <laughs> that I just beat myself into the ground more than anything else. Yeah, it's- but when it comes to other people, like it doesn't matter how great or terrible their content is, if they're putting an effort into it, I'm like, no, this is great. Like you could probably tweak these few things, but you know, you, just keep working at it and you're going to get it. You you have a knack for getting people to get the ball rolling. That's like that's like your thing. Like it's it's not necessarily like a motive. Like it wasn't like you motivated me per se. It was just like you made me realize that like it's I don't want to say easier, but like you made me realize I can start somewhere. I very much tried to push you into it, to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, if I push him hard enough, he'll start his podcast. And once you start, it's one of those things like when you're talking to your friend and you're in the pool and they're out of the pool and you're like, come in, the water's great. And they're like, no, nah, I'm not really, I don't feel like swimming today. Exactly. And then, you know, you, sometimes you just have to grab them by the foot, pull them into the pool. And, yeah. and then they're like, oh, no, this is actually kind of great. <laughs> I know. Content I just, I just, it, cool. just, it just made me think of that because that was exactly what happened. It was like the only things I had down were my name and the entrance music. And you just looked at me like this is not the things you need. <laughs> it's kind of like when uh, back in the day, back in the day, right, like a year before I started college again um, or before I went to the Mount, I bought a motorcycle. I remember. I'll tell you right now, yeah. it doesn't drive still. <laughs> I bought a motorcycle that was a fixer upper that I didn't know if I was going to have the money to put into it to fix it completely to get it roadworthy. I, I didn't, I'll tell you that now, but the first things I concerned myself with when I got the bike were not what needs to go into it, what's going to make it run, how much is that going to cost? My first thoughts were, I like this color blue. I want to do like a Hyrulean Legend of Zelda theme with the paint and I want to put the, I want to order vinyl specifically for the gas tank and, it, and I was like designing it in my head and more concerned with that than I was about getting it to run. So if you're starting out, that's, that's another piece of advice. Like don't worry too much about like the fine details, the branding, the your logo, all that kind of stuff. Like you can still work on that later. Start with making the content yeah. because then by the time you come up with your brand, your logo, whatever it is, you'll already be at the point where, okay, I've learned in, like what not to do, what to do. I've started to develop my style and now I can brand it. And it's not going to be like, oh, this guy's got a really good logo that was obviously designed by someone professional. He's well marketed, well branded across platforms, but his content's garbage. And I thought about that a lot, especially recently with um, trying to, we were pushing our YouTube a lot for Yeah Dude, and I wasn't putting anything out on YouTube. So I was like, I sat down and in my head, I looked at myself and went, why are you advertising a content creator that doesn't create content? Everyone is going to come to your channel and be like, this guy doesn't do anything. Yeah. Why did you bring us here? Then now your name is sullied. Right. So. And that was right before I got into doing a video a day for the month of February, yeah. which was absolute murder. <laughs> you mean <And> bad man. <laughs> like, not to say that I didn't love doing it. If it was something that was well received enough that I could, you know, make my living doing that, I think I would have been fine. But trying to juggle a video a day with a like almost full time job and a social life and a commute, it, it was way too much. It's one of those things that you just said, though. 
I feel like, and, and honestly, it just happened, like it worked out with me, like being able to talk to you. But I really feel like when you, that whole thing of making sure you're focusing on the right things, people are probably asking like, well, if I'm just starting out, how am I supposed to know what are the right things to focus on? And that's where like, we hope we mean you always push this whole thing of collaboration. But like, I think that's very true. If you're, if you're sitting here wondering right now being like, well, I get that, that you want to focus on the right things, but I don't even know which are the right things to focus on. Ask someone else, ask another content creator around you, because like, even though they may be focusing on other things as well, they'll get you someone who's been doing it long enough or someone who's not even doing it long enough, but someone who's just at least been doing it can at least point you in the right direction. Like you may want to start here, you may want to start there because with, like you said, with wanting a Legends of Zelda motorcycle and me wanting just Arctic Monkeys to be my entrance music, it's not always the best place to start. <laughs> yeah. As something else, actually, I want to put, I think we should put a list together of traps that people get stuck in oh, yeah. starting out. Because uh, I thought of, I just thought of two right off the top of my head, almost three. Um, if you separate one of them into two categories, one is when you start out doing anything in photography or vlogging, um, people starting out and I fell into the same trap. You get wrapped up in the gear way too much. I need to have this expensive gear. I need to have these expensive things. And even when I got my Nikon, I was like, oh, but now I also need a shotgun mic. Now I also need, and it's never good enough. And you can just like dig yourself into a hole of credit card debt, just trying to get yourself to a point where you feel like you can make content. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> There's <laughs> a reason that, people yeah. tell you that the gear doesn't matter. And it's because you have to know what you want to do with it before you can really make an informed decision on what you need and what you don't need. I've bought a lot of shit that I didn't need because I thought that I needed it. Yes. And it's this kind of the same with, uh, we in our interview with Scott, we talk about different streaming platforms a little bit. And if you're thinking about starting up as a, a streamer, whether it's on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Caffeine, Mixer, whatever you're on, and you maybe you're sitting there like, I'm so overwhelmed, I don't know what platform to go with, um, start somewhere. I don't care what platform you start on, just start streaming on whatever platform is appealing to you today. And you're going to be able to take the skills you learn from that and transport that if later on down the road, you're like, oh, well, I feel like I could be doing better if I was working with Twitch because I like some of their things they do better or YouTube or Facebook gaming, whatever it is you want to think about, you know, moving from one platform to another. Start somewhere. Don't get so wrapped up in the branding and the platform and everything that you don't make content. And that's what I was saying. You could split that into two categories with social media as well. Yeah. Because there's a lot of pressure to be on all sorts of social media. We talk about that in our interview again, where you can't really be a one man PR team. If you're doing your own content creation and you're trying to market yourself, it's, there's a lot of pressure on you that both imaginary and real to, Oh, you have to have a Facebook page. You have to manage the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, uh, you better have a Snapchat and you gotta be on everything and manage everything all at once. Don't let the pressure get to you. Like if you want to pick one social platform that you think works for you and run with that, do it. Start somewhere. Just make the content and go from there and worry about the specifics later. Don't get so wrapped up in your gear acquisition or what platform you're going to be on because you can make course corrections as you're going. Yeah. We've said it before and I'll say it again. It's easier to steer a car that's in motion. So that's there's my rant. Yes. <laughs> things people get way too caught up in. Yeah. Uh, and it's the same way. I, I'm assuming it's probably the same way in the music industry. If you want to start as a musician, people – I got way too caught up when I was looking at buying a guitar of what brand to buy and worried – for some stupid reason that I would ever buy an electric guitar that couldn't do something another electric guitar could do. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be able to play this scale on this guitar. And it's a stupid and illogical thing to think. But I think people get that with cameras too. They're like, oh, I have to buy this particular camera because it does this type of a shot. 
I saw someone else do this with it and it worked really good so I could do that too. Yeah, exactly. And you don't think about the fact that like, okay, I could probably achieve something similar with my phone. Exactly. But a lot of what went into that shot that I liked so much isn't so much the gear, it's the person that was using it. You know, using something that you're going to be comfortable with. And for me, for a long time, that was my phone. I'm just now getting used to bring, bring my Nikon out and actually doing things with that. So don't get caught in the traps is, is all I'm saying. But unless you have any other thoughts, I think we can uh, go ahead and dive into the, the interview segment of yeah, our show. I got nothing left, yeah. Sweet. So we're going to dive into our interview with Scott. I hope you guys enjoy it. and uh, Stay off the death. <laughs> stay off the death. Well, our interview gets a little lighter. We're, we're not, uh, we, I don't think we brought up death at all, actually. So that's, I hope not. That's I, good. I'll have to look back now. But uh, again, hope you enjoy. Here we go. Did we, did we get makeup done before this? Is that, <laughs> I put some of that matting powder on, so I'm not so shiny on radio. Yeah, I made sure to do mine before it came. Oh, sweet. Uh, so welcome back, everyone, to AV Underground. We are here interviewing today Scott. I don't remember how to pronounce your last name. Pascanka. Okay, bless you. Yes, I'm actually, actually going to adjust you a little bit. Word. You try and Sounds keep good. like a hand's distance. Okay. Ish. Yeah, I've got the mic set pretty low so that we can like pick up more tone once ever once i've run everything through and we're not trying to boost you way up i like the screams we're getting behind the glass now here (laughs) yeah we're getting a little bit behind the scenes here so welcome to the podcast um now so you we're gonna probably be all over the place with you today um so you have tell us a little bit about yourself we'll start there Uh, about myself there's there's a lot to go over so i started fairly young in music I, i started performing I got lucky enough to meet the right people to kind of stray away from the performing aspect and working on the business side. And I met a lot of cool people from there. I got to collaborate with a lot of awesome people. And from there, I started doing my own thing, getting into streaming, um, more into gaming and farther away from music, which was kind of odd. And now I'm, I guess, an Instagrammer. If that's a no, that's definitely a, that's definitely a thing. I've seen yeah. some very successful people on Instagram. <laughs> but um, so I, I've been doing cinematography and photography now, and I'm loving it. And I'll, I'm sure I'll change again tomorrow and do something new. But <laughs> <laughs> that's the fun of it, really. Yeah. So I guess elaborating on that a little bit, because when we, when you had your introduction in our speech class and brought up the fact that you worked with a recording label, I was like, whoa, whoa, big shot. What is what exactly is that like coming from that? Uh, you do a lot of paperwork and sit behind a cool desk. Oh, sweet. <laughs> it's not, not quite as glamorous as I was imagining. Not but, at all. Um, have you pulled anything from your time working with like musicians and recording into what you're doing now, whether it be with streaming or with your photography? I've learned a lot on the audio side and I learned a lot before I started working the business aspect of music where it started out with me just playing around with a guitar. And then I was like, there's a, there's people that want to do this with me. Like, that's cool. I can perform with them. And then I was like, whoa, I can do this in front of a lot of people. It's like, this is really cool. And then I was like, I'm going to sit behind a desk now. <laughs> but I want, I want to take a step back for a second there because the that thought process of the way that you kind of generalized it with, wow, I like doing this thing. There's people that want to do this with me and I can do this for an audience of large people. That leads almost my mind, at least, directly into Twitch streaming. It's exactly the same. <laughs> because like, I, I like to game. Other people want to play with me and a lot of people will watch me play. I'm down. It, it's exactly that same concept. And you got to know how to corner the market to get those people to watch you. Because if you're going to stream 
let's let's do two of the some of the biggest games right now, Fortnite and PUBG. There, I'm sure you can think of three to five streamers that are already cornering that market. Where if you go on Twitch and click on the game, there's two thousand plus people watching their streams. It's if you're gonna stream those games, it's gonna be hard for you to pull from that audience. Yeah, there's a lot of competition there. Um, what do you think brought you from? Okay, from like starting out as a musician from the performing end of it, getting into the back end of things where you're sitting at a desk doing paperwork and then kind of coming around full circle to Twitch where you're now back in the performing aspect, essentially. Uh, what brought that back around for you? If anything, I felt lazy. I, doing I, the paperwork, you felt lazy? Pretty much. I, I didn't want to just sit and I missed performing, but I wasn't to the point where I wanted to travel and do it as much, which I do want to do now with photography, but... When you're with a band traveling, performing, it's a lot of fun, but there's a lot of stress to it at the same time because you're constantly trying to make sound checks or you're trying to get, make sure you're at the venue on time. And then, of course, you have tour managers that are like, oh, you're going to come meet these people now. <laughs> I'm like, well, we have to be on stage in 10 minutes, but okay. So there's a lot of stress that goes along with it, which a lot of people don't understand. And there's a lot of fun too, going out to eat and blowing more money than you have as a band because you don't make billions of dollars <laughs> performing in music. Which I think is a great misconception that a lot of people have when it comes to musicians performing and touring. And they're just, they're loaded so much, all they're really doing is splurging on expensive wines and snorting coke. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, though, that, like, that mindset of whole, like, like you, like, like you explain the fun of it, but, like, I feel it's a lot of things with, like, there's always that other side to what you're doing. And, like, with performing and the stress of performing, do you think that's helped you with, like, the stress of performing on Twitch streaming or the stress of getting the right shot? Do you think that, like, the translate at all or do you think they're different? Yes and no. So, yes, it's helped me a lot. I'm a lot more relaxed when I'm about to go live. And I'm not stressing about, oh, is my audio going to be good or is what camera should I use? It's... It's just whatever happens, happens. What were some of your things when you started Twitch streaming? Because well, like I had mentioned earlier uh, before we started that when we had met in class, you were talking about how you had just been offered a Twitch partnership. And I know that that's what a lot of people starting out on Twitch, you're kind of striving for. Like, I want to get to the point where I'm partnered. I want to be making a living at this. And whether that's because like you understand what it is to be making a living on Twitch and that's just what you actually want for yourself or whether you're mis uh, misguided, I guess. And you think that I'm going to hit... Uh, Twitch partnership, and I'm going to be paid more money than I know what to do with to play whatever games I want to play. Uh, what led up to that? Were, was it something you were actively pursuing, or was it something that just kind of like you were being you, entertaining people, and it happened? Originally, no, I did not. I When I started streaming, I didn't know what it meant to be partnered. I was I heard of Twitch. I went on there, and I was, oh, this is awesome. And I'm like, I want to learn how to do this. So I started out the first like year and a half just doing music production on stream. And that's where a lot of my viewers came from was music production. From there, being able to transfer to something else, it's broadened my viewership. And then with Twitch just releasing the affiliate program, and then they've had partners all along. I tell people all the time, don't fall into the trap in signing up for it right away. Because it can either make or break you. There's Their contract is long. I've read most of it. <laughs> I got bored halfway through, but I've read most of it. As is usually and, the case with those contracts. <laughs> yeah. So when you're an affiliate with them, yes, you can get bits. Yes, you can get subscriptions. You can set what your subscription amount is and whatnot. But what 
a lot of people don't understand because they don't read that contract is Twitch basically owns you. <laughs> so you're not allowed to stream to other services. You're not allowed to do and say certain things on social media. It's they can run your life. And if you don't perform up to what they want you to, you can lose that affiliate and that'll mess up your chances of becoming partnered in the long run. Quick, quick question. It's kind of, it's, it's on this because it kind of, do you feel the audience for Twitch nowadays? Cause for me as someone, I do a sports podcast and that's kind of all I do right now, mm -hmm. but I'm always looking at like other ways to like expand my audience. And one of the ways I have thought is like Twitch and streaming. But to me, the idea I know of Twitch, but like I haven't done stream myself. And my idea has always been, it's a gaming community. That's where you go for gaming. But you just said you started with music production. Do you think the audiences to Twitch are more taking just, just to the gaming or is there like, is there room for other ideas of live streaming to go on in Twitch? Or do you think they're really pushing the whole idea of we want to be gaming everything else, go find your own home. Like where, as someone who's on Twitch, where do you feel that's going? Originally, that's exactly what it was, was it was a gaming community. And it's transformed within the past two to three years into an everything community. Um, you can go on and I, I went on the other night and there was somebody that had like a 24 hour webcam of their turtles walking around. I'm like, this is awesome. I could definitely watch this for hours on end. But <laughs> put it on the background while you're cleaning the house or whatever. And you're like, I know what these turtles are up like, to. Yes, I'm going to donate to you. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> but I like turtles. Right now, the creative community is still fairly small. And that they launched a creative community within the past two or three years. So it's relatively easy to for them to notice you and offer you either that partnership or that affiliate. Like I said, don't jump right into it. Make sure you build your audience first because it's easy to have two to three people in your stream at all time if you're using two bots and yourself. Yeah. And all their requirement is to get the affiliate program is to have three people, concurrent people, viewers, um, have 50 followers and stream a total of like 40 something hours a week. So, I mean... Anybody can do that. If, yeah. if you're sitting in front of a computer with two bots that are going to moderate your chat, which count as viewers because the bots are getting more sophisticated where they can make it so they use different programs that they look like viewers. Yeah, yeah. It, it tricks the algorithm into saying this person should be affiliated with us. And then you sign up for the affiliate program and you're not making money, and then you're all bummed because you got dropped from it, yeah. and you don't get partnered later on when you have thousands of followers. Yeah. It, it's a, it, is, it is a very useful idea, but like, it, like you said, just so many people fall into the trap not knowing. I feel people always get excited about the first... It's like with like content creating. You're always excited about the first week, and then once you get through that first week, you realize of all the, the work that's going to come with it. Same thing. It's, it's a fun feeling of feeling it for a week until you realize all the guidelines that come with it. And now, I know... With myself, anytime, like, because we were part of a multi-channel network on YouTube for a while. Mm -hmm. And I know when I got the contract for that and they were like, this is the contract. Give it a read. Just click here to let us know you agree with it. And I'm like, <laughs> I've never been the type to just, oh, I agree. I've read through stupid terms and agreements that I probably shouldn't have wasted my time reading through. Club But I'm just <laughs> super, like, cautious that way. Do you think uh, where, do you think you would have made a decision differently when Twitch was like, Hey, partner with us. If you didn't come from a background of like a music label where you kind of understand what it's like for, you know, people getting super hyped about, Oh my God, a label has approached me. I want to be part of this. And then not paying attention to what they're signing up for. Uh, do you think that that was made you predisposed to this? <laughs> Absolutely. So <laughs> 
I mean, I've been on the back of an end of it where we're like, we have to limit these musicians to doing this and this because if not, it's going to hurt us. It's It all comes down to legalities and it's, it, it stinks. It really does that it's come to that, but everybody gets sued for everything. <laughs> yeah, and nobody wants to be sued for anything. So it's, <laughs> yeah. I understand that it's a lot of, you know, whether it's the label or whether it's Twitch or YouTube or whoever trying to protect themselves and make sure that they're making money and they're doing the proper things for, you know, the people that are investing in them. But I, there's too many people that don't bother reading through the terms, conditions, the contracts that they're signing. Yeah. And it's, but it also, it, I mean, like, I don't like, cause it's like part of the thing. You have to be aware of what you're doing, but like, I do feel like yeah. there's also a little bit of people are coming to get you. Like, like, they, oh, like, absolutely. like absolutely. Uh, I had brought up last week that, you know, I'm not a huge fan of PewDiePie, but I watched his video and he was saying like, get you, it's better to get a lawyer to read the contracts before you get into them than trying to hire a lawyer later to get you out of the shit you got yourself into. Exactly. So, I mean, I always just like, I go through everything and try and read through it. But and so from from Twitch, are you still relatively active on Twitch or are you just kind of a here and there whenever you're able? Do you have a set schedule right now? I do not have a set schedule just because there's so much else going on that I do. I mean, between all the video work and whatnot, it's it, it's honestly kind of crazy. Um, I do try to get on anywhere from two to three times a week. And I did take a break because I was training for um, external things that I'm going to be doing later on. But yeah, it's. You don't need a set schedule. It does help, but you don't need one to be successful on Twitch. So back, kind of back to your affiliate question. Um, when I got invited to the program, I was super, I was super pumped, and it's because I was streaming for however long before that. I think I started streaming when I was like thirteen or fourteen years old, and it was like music production and Gary's mod because <laughs> I was using an all-in-one, and that's all. The I good could old run. days. <laughs> but so. I was super pumped because I'm like, I've worked really a really long time for this. And then I was like, I need to take a step back and think about what I've learned. And I read through, like I said, half the contract before I fell asleep. <laughs> but I read enough to realize that what I'm going to be doing isn't going to overall benefit me if I sign up for the affiliate program. I'm still getting donations. And there's still people that are willing to pay for content I'm creating instead of getting bits and having them subscribe to me through Twitch's platform, which takes half of what you make. I'd actually be making more just off the donations than I would be as signing up for the affiliate program, which would make people be like, oh, I want to subscribe I would instead of donating. So yeah. I'd be getting a lot less than what I was actually making through donations that and i feel like it you have the freedom now if you're not part of it to where i had mentioned you're getting more into like instagram and like vlogging type stuff mm -hmm. photography cinematography uh for you i don't know if you're looking into it like as a professional field but or if it's just kind of stuff that you're you're doing for yourself that you're looking to make into a profession but moving into is that something that i've had issues i don't want to say issues but I've had a time with over the last few years is that I've shifted platforms so frequently that I've never really like sat down and structured myself in one place to be like, okay, I'm just, there's so much that I want to do <laughs> that I don't give myself <laughs> enough time to focus on any one thing. But what are you taking with you, I guess, from what you've learned in the music industry, what you've learned in streaming into potentially like vlogging and photography? So I made sure that I wanted to start a YouTube channel years ago. And I still haven't to this day because I wanted to limit myself to the one platform, Twitch, to build an audience, build a community, which I've done through 
other applications such as Discord and whatnot. And then eventually I'm going to combine all of those and I'm going to move to YouTube. And I've just recently gone to Instagram with all of my photography and cinematography and whatnot. And going also going back to the affiliate program, if you do that, you can't stream to YouTube. You can't in their contract, it says you can't use other services. So technically, they could limit you to making YouTube videos if they wanted to, which I don't think they will, <laughs> but they could. But you can't you can't stream on another service such, uh, such as like Caffeine and YouTube Live. Um, and now Facebook Gaming. It. Yeah, exactly. So I don't want to limit myself to that one platform, but starting, it's the easiest way to make a community. So I guess what is um what is your goal overall with with everything that you're doing, are you looking to kind of build your own brand and be able to be self-sufficient as far as like your career and just kind of be able to do the things that you want to do and find a means to support that? Or is this just kind of like a hobby and you have other things you're going to do with your life as far as like a job and career path goes? Yes. <laughs> okay. okay. That's, um, that's a fair answer. Um, so I love the traveling aspect of things, which is why I'm taking from, where I started with music and traveling and um, moving it towards photography and traveling because I like the, that creative mind. And being able to do what I love and make it a job eventually is my overall goal. So I want to be able to take what I'm doing on all over the platforms I'm using and make sort of a business out of it. I want to do photography for people. I want to do cinematography for people, but I want to travel at the same time while doing it. I don't want to be limited to doing weddings and being in one area. So I'm working on a brand right now, which, so I'm technically running two Instagram accounts, <laughs> which is honestly a pain in the butt. It's, it's a little painful sometimes. It, I feel you there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really bad. You don't think it's that much. You're like, oh, you just post a picture. No, there's so much more to it. There's so much that goes into <laughs> Instagram, which... I didn't know about until I really was like, all right, I'm going to cut my, I don't want to say cut my ties, but I'm going to drop my focus on other social networks and I'm going to just focus on my Instagram and try and figure out what I can do with Instagram. Cause I like the platform. What's um, what's the thing that you sent me the, the, like it was like a ebook about the power of Instagram. Oh, so there's one of the Instagrammers that I follow that he puts out books about his tips on things that are like, you can pay for them, you download them. And he had a really good one about like, his, how he grew on Instagram and it was talking about the use of hashtags and it was one of those things that I I knew, heard about hashtags when they were a big thing on Twitter and you get too many people that hashtag the daylights out of everything like they'll write an entire sentence or like a paragraph and every word in it is a hashtag word and you're like no these people are obnoxious and I think I carried that mentality over when I hit Instagram so I didn't hashtag anything <laughs> and I mean that brought me back in that brings me actually back around to one of the big tips that everyone gives you if you're on Instagram or you're on YouTube or whatever it is, find your niche and go with it. And for me, like uh, my niches are pretty broad, <laughs> but do you feel um, that pressure when you're moving from like a gaming streaming platform to doing stuff more cinematography, photography related? Do you feel like, okay, well my branded Instagram account is going to focus on this. So I'm not going to post anything about my Twitch, anything on there. It, it's rough. It really is. I, I have a dedicated community to gaming and switching to photography and cinematography. I think there's only a handful of them that have come over and started working with me on that and following what I'm doing. So it is difficult to start basically brand new. So 
one of my accounts is for basically a portfolio for myself. And the other one is going to be brand oriented towards like shirts and just traveling and having to do that and try and throw both of those in discord and be like, Hey guys, if you like pictures and traveling, follow these. And these people are like, well, I like gaming. It's, this isn't what I want to follow. Yeah. I was trying to think of it and like make myself notes of like, what is my personal niche versus what is my branded niche? And I think I've got the brand one down well enough to, to put a focus into it and not disappoint anyone, but it's still hard with the personal one. Cause I just want to mm-hmm. share everything. And like so yes. much of my actual life is revolved around gaming that I, I keep wanting to like, I want to put gaming stuff on my Instagram, but that's a lot of what my brand is built on. So I kind of want to push that there too. And I don't want to do it twice. So I'm just going to do it once to the branded account and call it a day. No matter what your niche is, consistency is key. So I try to post, if not every day, then every other day, <clears throat> just a picture of me somewhere that I've gone. Um, I, I try to take day trips, just hiking um, in the area. Even I try to get out. I try to make something every day so I can get it out to everybody that follows me. And by utilizing hashtags, you're going to get a lot of exposure through, if you're doing photography, you're going to get a lot of exposure through hashtags. People are going to like your post. They're not necessarily going to follow you because I've been stuck in this one place on my personal account where I want it to be my portfolio for a while. And I don't think that's so much of a big deal because it's so brand new. Eventually, I'll, I'll try stepping it up to like every day, twice a day even. But for me, it's I've never wanted to be held down to one subject. So I self-teach my myself everything. Um, that's just what I do. I'm proud of that. It's I enjoy it. I like to learn new things. So by implementing that into my streams, into Instagram, the brand that I'm starting to create, it opens me up to such a broad subject that I can do basically whatever I want eventually. And starting out with that, is difficult. Being a variety streamer on Twitch is really difficult. It's you don't you're not focused on one thing. So I know you brought up PewDiePie earlier. Yep. His his niche was horror games when he first started and that helped him take off. And he's kind of moved away from that and he's doing a little bit of everything and he still has his community there. They didn't leave. So as you gain these followers and build your community, you can kind of stray away from what you're doing and essentially be okay. You'll still have everybody there that's going to help you uh, achieve what you love. So I guess if you want to get into uh, kind of a variety stream type deal on Twitch or a variety of anything on any platform, do you think it's worth kind of catering to build the audience in the first place and then work on that? Like i had had a discussion with one of the guys I work with because he does a lot of like PC gaming and Fortnite videos and Fortnite's a hot topic right now. Mm -hmm. So he does pull a lot of views in from people that are looking for Fortnite on YouTube. And one of the things that he had mentioned to me is he's like, it's it's all well and fine to want to do whatever you want to do on with your YouTube platform. He's like, but you should t- probably try and cover some of the main stuff that's going on right now to get found and then start doing the other stuff that you want to be doing so that like you, people found you. And if they like you, they're going to stay when you start doing other stuff. Do you think it's worth that? Or do you think that's just kind of like, uh, I'm just catering to people. I don't like... I don't hate Fortnite, but I'm also not a huge fan of it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so like, I don't want to feel like I'm just, for lack of a better term, selling out for the views. Don't worry so much about what other people are going to think. Do what you want to do, because at the end of the day, it's what you're going to take from it in the future. It's 
yes, you're working at it now. It's great and all. Um, you have a lot of people coming to your stream and they're loving your content. But if you're not loving it, then you're going to get burned out. Exactly. That and I feel like your audience is going to know if you're if you're not enjoying what you're doing, it, it comes across. Oh, they'll know. I have I know. So I have a friend who streams and he has I think he's, he's probably close to 3000 followers now, but his concurrent viewers is only like seven to 11 people per stream. And they're the same people every time. So he has that little community, but he's not growing any from that. He has people that are following him, but they're not coming and watching his stream. And having those concurrent viewership is huge to Twitch. Um, they have people who have Twitch accounts that come into streams all the time, especially with their affiliates and their partners but they will come into like these small accounts because they want to check them out before they offer them affiliate so they'll come in and if they see that you have a lot of followers but or a lot of views and no like no viewers it kind of looks bad on your part so you want to make sure that you can find the balance between what you like and what other people like so kind of going back to pewdiepie where he did the horror games um that's what he liked to do. And there wasn't a lot of people or a lot of other YouTubers that were doing the horror genre. So he found what he liked to do. He found that there was not a lot of people doing it. And there were a lot of people that wanted to see it. And he put them all together. And he created his balance, which created an, an empire of a community for him. Yeah, it seemed like it worked out well for him. Um, another thing I actually wanted to ask was... Because since our channel's inception back in the end of 2014 and up until now, we've always been gaming focused. Mm -hmm. Maybe not one game in particular, but we've kind of evolved ourselves over the years to be like more towards gaming news. And But it's always been game centered. As someone who you said you started on Twitch doing like uh, was it audio production yes. or music production and making the shift from that kind of a platform or the same platform, but that content to gaming content. Did you get a lot of backlash from people who were part of your community or were they pretty accepting of your, your change? They were actually very accepting because Twitch was game oriented at the time. Creative was brand new when I was, when I started streaming creative. So everybody that came to my stream, they were into music, but they were there for the gaming. So when I switched over, it wasn't so much of a culture shock to them because they were already there for gaming in the first place. That's fair. Any other thoughts before we... Uh... Uh, no, I, I just... It was kind of like... Well, I just felt it was the same thing with um, Denzel from last week. was like a lot of the advice you gave was just things that not everyone thinks about, but it translates to all aspects. Because just... I, I forgot... Now I'm thinking about it. I forgot the topic. But something that something you translated earlier like came into sports with what you were saying with um, the whole doing something to get discovered aspect but continuing with the content you like is true because that's something that I'm starting to do in my podcast is I'm I come in here and I talk with just like about mainly Boston sports but the things I enjoy but today I brought in a topic about Yankee way and like that's not something I love to talk about but I know it's the hot topic in sports right now mm -hmm. and I know that's what's going to drive the audience to me and I just it's like I said it's just the same thing I felt a lot of the advice you gave was just it translates not only to what you're saying but to everywhere else and any other content created in like gaming sports when you name it mm -hmm. Something I've actually found with the gaming community and the things that I've been trying to do lately is, you know, everyone, a lot of people that you hear that are in the gaming industry, whether it's IGN or Game Informer or whatever it is, they do reviews and they'll talk about how, like, you don't understand how much work this really is. Everyone that's outside of it thinks that, oh, you just play video games all day. <laughs> and you don't realize that there's some times where it's like a 40 hour game and you have three days to beat it to write a review up of it and then put it out on like everything. Yeah. Um, 
I am not under that kind of pressure because I don't have a parent company. We are our own brand. We do what we want to do. I put a lot of pressure on myself, (laughs) but I, the more I think about it and the more people like, Oh, don't, don't push yourself too hard because it's just going to become work. And I'm like the obligations that I give myself to play things, review things and the time restraints I give myself in the gaming community are so much better than the kind of restraints and restrictions and obligations you have in the real world. Like back when I was working for the factory and like all the types of stuff that they put on you there and like the pressures of working in the factory, I was like, I don't know if I can't really compare, hey, play this game you don't want to play and write a review of it is ever going to compare to some of the crap that I went through (laughs) working night shifts. Like, so I don't know. I try and keep perspective on it too. Well, that'll bring me back to this for what we're, we're, we're going to be discussing later. The first end of this podcast, when as someone, obviously when you do stuff like this, you have to, I don't want to just say, but you have to like work real hard in order to get the content created and all the work that comes into it. When is too much? When is enough too much for you? Like everything with this, you have to find a balance. Yes. So you need, you need some time to yourself too. You can't dedicate all of your time online. And the the internet is a strange place. <laughs> yes. It's a very strange place. No matter what you do is going to... You could be the best streamer ever. There's always going to be those handful of people that hate you. Exactly. And whether it's jealousy or they just don't like your content, they're not going to like you. So don't let that get to you, first of all, <laughs> because it's the internet. It doesn't matter what these people think. That was that was something I brought up in the, the very first episode we recorded this. That was that was like my whole thing. I was like, well, no matter what, what you're doing with content, just know that you are entering the internet, which is an <laughs> unknown place. Like, unknown in the sense you literally don't know what will happen. <laughs> On the internet, you're never good enough. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just how it is. Yes. But it's just like, because like, me and Josh were just talking earlier that like, he is someone who I will say, like he, like he said, he puts a lot of pr- imaginary pressure on himself. That's mm-hmm. another episode we had do you do you feel like there's a point when you can tell that like you're overworking yourself or is it really just a you have to be aware of it because you you won't know it's happening until it happens i'm pretty aware of it for the most part i'll be editing pictures or making a video or anything really um, usually on stream i'm more relaxed because i'm i'm playing a game and yeah so exactly. I'm, not, I'm not stressed out talking to you guys <laughs> and playing it fortnite but yeah <laughs> if i'm working on a picture and it's really starting to get to me or if I can tell them starting to fall asleep or get bored with it, I'll switch to something else because it's, you don't want to burn yourself out doing what you love because eventually it comes to the point where you don't love it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it for me. I don't know if you've got a final thought. Uh, I guess if people are looking to find you on social, where are they, where would you direct them to at this point? Hmm. This is the worst. Like if you, if you'd like to plug, uh, <laughs> this is the problem with being on a lot of platforms. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's that's another subject I want to touch on real quick before we before we close out, because uh, I'm guessing a lot of the stuff you work on, you don't really have like a team necessarily that you work with no. on these things. It's most it's you and what you want to do and the things that you can work on. Do you find that you put a lot of pressure on yourself because of? See, for me, especially in the gaming platform, I'm like, okay, well, I just have to manage a website and put up articles every single day, manage a branded Instagram account, manage a branded Twitter account, make sure I manage the (laughs) Facebook page, make sure that our YouTube is like consistent and up to date. And then I like I end up putting all the stuff on myself like as though it's all the the only thing that I'm doing. So I think about YouTube and I'm like, I should be putting out a video every day. And then I think about Instagram and I'm like, I should put a picture up every day. And then as soon as you stack all those things together, you're like, no one person should ever have to do all these things. So do you feel that pressure? And if so, like, how do you handle it? So no matter what you do, there's going to be some sort of stress or pressure related to it. There's it's hard to avoid it. It really is. 
Um, Especially in this day and age where people just, it seems like everyone's omnipresent all over the place. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So the way that I structured my streams, which has kind of helped me out a lot, which people like the idea, is I don't put a schedule up. And for this reason, I'm not obligated to stream every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I can stream whenever I basically feel like it. And I've come to mutual terms with my viewers where they're like, I like this idea. And they don't know when I'm going to come on. And eventually, I'll just pop on and be like, hey, guys, I'm here today. Yeah. And, it, and if they're able to make it, they make it. If they don't, then. Yeah, exactly. I'm guessing there's no pressure really from you either. Like, you guys should have shown up to my stream. No, like, I, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it, they're a part of my community. If they don't show up to my stream, okay. Like, whatever. I, I'm doing this for me. I'm not doing this yeah. to please everybody on the internet, which, I, which like I said, it's, isn't going to happen. It'll <laughs> never happen. It's not happening. <laughs> Uh, I know I've had a few people pop into our streams when we were we did variety streaming. So we did whatever we felt like playing, but we had a consistent schedule for a while where we were every weeknight at 10. We were streaming for two hours. And a lot of that was JRPGs, but we branch off and do various other things. And I know a few times you have people pop in and they're kind of they're like, you know, if you guys were streaming Overwatch, because that's what was big at the time. Like, <laughs> if you were streaming Overwatch, you get more viewers. And I'm like, yeah, probably. But we're not really here for, you know, generating views. We're just here to play games yeah. and have fun. And we've got a couple people that pop in at, like on a frequent basis that we chat with and it's fun. Yeah, exactly. And so kind of back to your social media thing, cause I didn't answer that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so on Twitch, so I've gone through like three name changes because I, I can't make up my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what I, I, I kind of have my niche now, which is going to be photography and gaming related. I'm away from music at the moment for now, <laughs> but so my my Twitch is Arcadian Odysseys. Don't don't hurt yourself trying to spell it. It's okay. I'll, <laughs> what I do is I put the links for anything, oh, any yeah. social media that you want to link. You guys can find that down in the description below. Uh, it'll all be linked in there if you want to find it. And, so. and that's also the branded Instagram, which is a thing and isn't a thing. I'm building a community with that first. And then also, so my portfolio for Instagram is at Scott Plaskonka. Sweet. I think that covers just about every question I've had. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts for for the day you have um actually one of the things that i never bring up is so the second episode we did was with my artist friend joe blay and at the end of it he kind of gave me personal critiques about my showmanship i guess about how i need to practice more with my uh improv and i haven't he's like maybe this could be a recurring theme and i never brought it up again <laughs> and it's not so much that i don't want the feedback it's just that i, I never think of it like we finished the show and i'm like okay did everything go okay and maybe okay just how do i end the show so as someone who's, uh, you know, you've listened to some of our previous episodes, do you have any advice you would give us going forward, whether it's like personal advice about how, what we, how we operate or if it's technical advice or what have you lay it on us. <laughs> so I mean, personally, I've been listening to this for a little while now, probably a couple months or a couple weeks since you've asked me to come on the show. And I mean, even last night when I was driving home, I was, I wanted to listen to it, just kind of get an idea of what. I was in for. I didn't want to get beat up too much. <laughs> <laughs> we try not to beat anyone up here. <laughs> but um, I mean, honestly, like the audio quality is amazing. I, I love what you guys are doing. It's it's really it gives a broad subject of gaming news and especially for content creators. I wish I had this when I started because I kind of figured it all out for myself. I mean, I've built a lot of awesome relationships with people, which is another big thing on Twitch. They're not your comp. They're not other streamers are not competition you need to work with them and try to 
get on their streams with them because you're going to grab viewers from them. They're going to grab viewers from you. And you don't have to have the biggest streamer in the world to do this. You can work with some way smaller that has just one more follower than you do. And you're going to grow together. But that's we've actually talked about that before, too, about how I don't feel like other people on YouTube or other people on Twitch or any other social platform. I don't really feel like I'm competing with them. I don't even feel like I'm competing with IGN and game ranks. Mm -hmm. Like they're my peers amongst gaming news and they're a lot farther along and better off than I am financially speaking. Mm -hmm. But you know, we're kind of in the same game. So it's a lot of working with people. And that's a lot of what bases we base the podcast on too, is bringing people in that are other content creators and kind of like, okay, well, what was your experience? What, uh, what value did you pick up along your way? And what would you tell people who are just starting out? So I guess in closing, what uh, what advice if someone's looking to get into, whether it's music production, whether it's streaming, whether it's photography, vlogging, whatever, what advice do you have for people that are just starting out and like maybe they're on the fence? Like, I don't know if I want, there's a lot of work behind this. I don't know if I really want to get into I don't, I don't think I can manage 15 social networks and <laughs> everything else that's going on. Maybe I can't put my finger on, oh, which platform do I want to stream on? This is all so confusing. Reach out to people. Make friends. It's the best thing you can do. 90% of people in this world are decent human beings, at least enough to respond to you and give you some sort of feedback and give you advice as to what you can do. If they're going to criticize you for it, don't take it too heavily. As we've stated a million times already, <laughs> it's the internet. It's going to happen. But most people will be pretty friendly. They'll they'll try to help you out. And as you build, you're not – obviously, if you're starting out, these big streamers aren't going to necessarily want to stream with you. But you find people in your category, people that you can relate with that have about the same following as you. Start streaming with them. They have one more follower than you and they're in the viewers. Chances are they're going to come over to your stream and follow you. That's another follower that you didn't have previous to that. So you're going to work your way up and then eventually you'll be able to – work with these bigger streamers and you'll be able to collaborate with them and grab some of their viewers. They'll grab some of yours. And it's, it's a team effort. It's you're streaming by yourself, but you have to rely on others on the network in order to grow. So just like summarize that, like just don't ever feel like you're completely alone in no. this content work. Cause I feel Absolutely that, not. I, that's, that's the thing with just not just content, but just creative minds in general. I feel that's always a thing that you always feel. Sometimes you feel like you're locked in your own head mm-hmm. and you just be willing to work with others. Yes. I think has been yes. one of the big things. Cause sometimes you get so wrapped in your own head and someone will be like, Hey, do you want to collaborate with me on a video? And the mind's first reaction is I'm too busy with my own stuff <laughs> to deal with you and whatever yeah. you're doing. Mm-hmm. And you really have to break through that, I think, and be willing to work with other people because that's how you you grow both your network and as a content creator. My overall end goal is to move to YouTube and I'm already making friends that vlog on YouTube and that are doing photography and whatnot on other social media that can help me in the long run that I can collaborate with and we can help each other on this strange journey through the internet. <laughs> it's a journey that certainly gets stranger by the day. Yes, it is. But, well, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you for having me. And uh, we will catch all of you next week in another episode of AV Underground. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, if you want to find any of uh, Scott's stuff on social media, we'll have that linked in the description below. Both Watson and I have our stuff down there too if you want to check us out. But thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again next week. Until then, stay awesome. See ya. AV Underground is a production of YDG Studios. To find out more about our guest this week, check the links in the description. Do you have questions about getting started as a content creator that you'd like us to address in a future episode? Send us an email at yadudegamers at gmail.com 
with the subject line, Ask AV Underground, and we just might include your question in an upcoming episode. AV Underground is hosted by MJ Watson and Josh Needham, and is produced by Josh Needham.